yo, 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 it's your boy, Preacher Boy, and we back with another episode of Chats with Preacher Boy, continuing our first new official series, Why I. But before we go any further, you know we got to open up with a little word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you again, dear God, thanking you for another day, dear God, a day that wasn't promised, but you saw fit to bless us with, dear God. God, we want to thank you for life, health, and strength and activity of all our limbs, dear God. Even with all the things that are going on in the world, we still trust and believe that you are God and God alone, dear God. God, we know that you're able to do all things but fail. And God, we ask that you continue to bless those and be with those in these times that are going on, dear God. Bring protection to those, dear God. That are, that are in harm's way, dear God. I ask that you continue to bring them comfort like never before, dear God. God, I ask that you also touch this podcast in a special way, dear God. Allow something that I say to resonate in someone's spirit and bring forth change in them that they come to seek you that much more, dear God. God, I ask that you forgive us for anything that we've done wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, dear God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, dear God, and lead us in the path of you, dear God, and where we don't stray away and do our own thing. And it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray pray amen and amen like i said y'all it's your boy preacher boy and we back with another episode of chats with preacher boy like i said before we're continuing our our first official series called why i and this week is part three we are in the new year First and foremost, let me go ahead and say Happy New Year's to you all, to all that have made it. I want to say that it's truly a blessing. You know, some of us may be in the mindset of stuck in 2019. That's why I said to all those who have made it. You know, 2020 is going to be a great year. I know I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but it, it truly is. I trust and believe that God has some things that he's going to do. And there's a lot of things that has to be done by God. And I trust and believe that he's going to do those things, not only just in my life, but you all's lives as well. So like I said, this is part three in our our new series called Why I. You know, the first part was why I believe in Jesus Christ. And then we went on to why I believe in the Trinity. This week, it is why I prefer to be an outcast. Man, when I say... When I first was praying, it was actually the ending of last year when when God changed up the order for me as to how I was going to do this series list. I kind of gave everybody a sneak peek of what's to come in this series, but the order changed quite drastically, actually. And so this in particular part for this week, why I prefer to be an outcast you know, God really dealt with me and really showed me where I was at in regards to this. Because a lot of times when you think of the word outcast, you think of, you know, yourself being left out. You think of yourself of not belonging. Uh, you're trying to fit in the in crowd, but you can't fit in. is because you're, you're not the same as everybody else that is around you. And there's just something different about you. And so a lot of times we have this negative connotation of what an outcast is. But God reassured me and he showed me that there's some positivity in being an outcast. And that's why he reassured me and showed me that I need to be an outcast. And this week is gonna, I'm going to tell you and talk to you about why I prefer to be an outcast. Our key verse for this week, for this week's uh, episode is Jeremiah 30, chapter 30, verse 17. And it says, For I will restore health unto thee 
and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. So to go into a little detail, what is an outcast? You know, what what does it really mean to be an outcast? You know, and I had to look, I you know, I, I did my dictionary.com, I looked up Merriam Dictionary, I mean Merriam Webster Dictionary, and I seem to see some some common ground in the word between the, the different dictionaries. And what I came what I came across and liked the most was that an outcast is one that is cast out or refused acceptance by society. It's also one that is rejected as from home or society. So not only is it you being rejected from the world, society, you're also being rejected from your home, meaning your family, those you call your friends, you know, those near and dear to you, they're, they're also rejecting you. So that's, that's what an outcast is. And being an outcast can be seen both in a negative connotation as well as that of as a, as a positive, like I said before. And John 17, 14, and 16 says this. It says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus was praying, and he was, he was talking to God, and saying a prayer for the disciples and in this prayer you see that Jesus is acknowledging the fact that he's in this world he was a part of this world but he's not of this world so meaning when we're born again believers and we're per professing salvation when that when we take that initial step into changing our lives to live for him we are no longer considered of this world and that's because the world that we live in is full of sin and turmoil and chaos and all these things and once you accept salvation and you repent of your sins you're no longer of that world you're now a peculiar people a royal priesthood as the bible says in first peter 2 and 9 you're now accepting your new found identity that god was trying to get you to all along and your identity that's in Christ is what's going to get you to heaven. That's that's what's going to get you to your, your new place. And so you have the outcast that serves Christ, and then you have the outcast that commits sin. So those are the two, when I say the positive and the negative. The positive is the outcast that lives for Christ. They're the ones that do everything, you know, that God called them to do. And with them doing that, a lot of people shun them out because they're like they call them jesus freaks or they call them bible thumpers or look at go look at those christians over there think they holier than now you know what i'm saying those are those are outcasts those are the positive outcasts and then you got the negative outcasts are the ones that you know they're committing all this sin doing all this crime doing all these these things that are not of god and have put a a taint to their lives where society even shuns them out because of the things that they do, whether it be a heinous crime or something as small as a white lie, you know what I'm saying? Society still shuns them out, even their homes shun them out to be an outcast. And it's, and it's quite, quite seen all over the world. We see it every day. Outcasts suffer in an evil, unjust world, but ultimately have favor when they are with God and serve Him. The purpose of God for the righteous will triumph. The outcasts are his righteous. 
And when I say the outcasts are his righteous, I'm talking about the ones that are living for him, that are professing salvation, that are without a shadow of a doubt, when push comes to shove, nothing's going to be able to shake their faith. They're, they're, they're 100% dedicated without being wishy-washy or shifting to the left or shifting to the right with anything that may come their way. And three examples that I want to talk about today, three people in the Bible that were outcasts that, you know, I was looking looking at this week and it was Joseph, David, and Jesus. Joseph, the dreamer, also known that also was he's also known as, was one of Israel's kids. It was actually, I want to say, his last child that he had. And the scripture I'm going to read for you with that was, is Genesis 37, 1 through 5, 18, also 18 through 20. And it says, 1 through 5 says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Balah, with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Now I'm going to pause right there. That coat of many colors, it, it, it signified favoritism and honor with his father. So you can only imagine how his brothers felt seeing their father give Joseph a coat of many colors. And verse 4 says this, And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Jump down to that 18th to 20 verse. It says, And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what we, what we will become of his dreams. So, as you can see here, imagine yourself being 17 years old, full of energy and full of excitement, and you know, you, your fa- you're your father's favorite child. You're, you're the one that he loves the most. And it's, it's, it's voiced, it's shown in action. And with that being said, you're also your brother's worst. So you're your father's favorite, but you're all of your brother's worst. And on top of that, you receive dreams from God about how one day, essentially, you're going to be placed above your family, above all your brothers, in a position where you're, a, where you're head and you're able to provide such a help but also be above them. Not so not so much in a sense where you're their slave master or anything like that, no, but you're gonna be, God's gonna raise you to a level where you're gonna be in a position to provide for the family. So having these dreams from God and then being 17, young and zealous, and you know, not having a care in the world, and you know, in a way you're kinda cocky because one, you're getting these dreams about how one day you're gonna be over your brothers, Two, you're your father's favorite and he loves you the most. And then three, you're also what's known today as a tattletale or a snitch because you're always telling your father what your brothers are doing. It's noted in those first five scriptures, in those first five verses, that 
Joseph went to tell their father about all the evil that they were doing. He went to report it for him. So no one wants to hear that someone's going to be above them. That's one thing I want to point out, first of all. A lot of times when, for example, if you have someone that's dedicated living for the Lord and on fire and they get that promotion on the job that you know that they've been praying for and God's been wanting them you can you can have those co-workers that aren't living the same lifestyle as you that say they're your friends but really they're just acquaintances because they work with you and they're throwing all this shade and all this negative energy your way because you got a promotion that they just didn't want you to get so really it's love it's a love that some people show when really it's not love. It's just them hating on the low. An artist said that in his song. He said, the love some of you show is really you hating on the low. And so essentially it's not love. It's just your, your jealousy kicking in. And so Joseph, why, why he was one of the outcasts that was annotated in my study is because, one, he was the, he was, he was the youngest at the time. And he was having these dreams from God that he was able to voice and share. And that made that made his brothers despise him that much more. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't find favor with his brothers. He found favor with his dad. You know, he had he was the favorite. You know what I'm saying? But with his brothers, he wasn't the favorite. So because of this, they hated him and they drew out plots to kill him. But despite all these plots they had, God's God's will is always going to be done in our lives no matter what. So despite all this, eventually... Needless to say, kind of like jumping to the end of Joseph's story, Joseph ended up being in that position where he was able to provide for his family and his brothers didn't even know it because they tried to get rid of him. And so they thought Joseph was dead. They didn't they didn't told his father and his, fa his father was hurt and all these things. But when they found out that Joseph wasn't and he was in this high position able to help the family during the the family during the famine it was like oh my goodness i can't believe what we've done and a lot of times matter of fact i'm gonna hold that thought next person david david the giant slayer for this one i'm gonna read you first samuel 16 verses 1 6 through 6 and 7 and then 11 through 13. it reads and the lord said unto samuel how long will thou mourn for saul Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Je Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Verse 6 says, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Jump down to that 11 to 13 verse. It says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch for him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sat and brought him in. And now he was and now he was ready and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. David, the brother and son that was in the field, 
and wasn't even brought initially to Prophet Samuel to be even suggested as a possible future king for Israel. Isn't that crazy? David, the one that's out there in the in the fields doing doing all the dirty work, doing all the all the things that uh, no one else was doing at the time, and it was him. Didn't even get the opportunity or the the courtesy to get invited to the the little sit down that they were having with the prophet Samuel. So he wasn't even considered as a as a nominee, if you would say, to be king. It's like his father didn't even want to put him out there, you know what I'm saying? So he didn't have that same opportunity. But God put it on Samuel, put it on him to say, hey, these are your kids because the ones you're showing me, they, nah, they, they ain't it. That, nah, not at all. No, sir. And so even, even as I read that and I was looking at that, I, I began to ponder, have you ever had moments like where you felt like you were doing everything you were knocking out all the stuff that people asked you to do, and yet you weren't acknowledged. Have you ever felt like that, and you felt like, oh my goodness, like, does anybody see what I'm doing? Does anybody see that all this work that I'm putting in, this overtime, you know, I'm trying to provide for my family. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this business started. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And it seems that nobody is paying attention. If you felt that way, I want to take a quick moment to let you know that God sees you in the midst of all that work. God is the one who writes writes all the notes and books and, and annotates everything that's going on. And he's the one that's going to grant favor in the earth. Every time we feel like someone here on earth should recognize us, God always has to, God reminds us in his word that it's not through man that we get our promotions from. It's not through man that we get our blessings from. Though man may be the the delivery person for it it's ultimately god who's blessing us with those opportunities and those blessings that he provides to us so if you're ever in that moment where you feel like man i'm not being recognized i'm not being looked at i want you to remember in due season god is going to give you your blessings galatians 6 9 and said it talks about if you continue to not faint you know what I'm saying? I'm paraphrasing right now. But if you if you faint not and you continue to do God's work and you, you stay to the harvest, you know what I'm saying? In due season, you're going to reap a harvest. If you continue to do God's work and you're doing what he's what he's asking you to do without fainting, in due season, you're going to reap that harvest. You're going to you're going to receive the benefits. But the thing is, you have to faint not. And when I say you have to faint not, that means you have to not quit. You can't give up. You can't get so dis discouraged that you just throw in the towel. No, that's not what you can't do. Because as I annotated, David, David, the giant slayer, David ended up killing Goliath. And then further on, he ended up being king of Israel. So think about this. You have to trust the process. I know the very first episode in my podcast was embracing your process. A lot of times that's a struggle. But in the midst of all this, David was an outcast. He, was, he wasn't even accepted at the moment because he wasn't even brought to be at the dinner or a little sit down that they were having to be for him to be nominated as, as a nominee for to be king of Israel. Last person, Jesus, the king of kings, the OG, the one who died for your sins, the one who made a way out of no way, the one who wakes you up and gives you chance after chance, the one who gives you peace, peace that passes all understanding. I want to read John 1 and 11 for you. I want you to listen to this. It says, he came unto his own, 
and his own received him not. Jesus came to his very own people and they didn't even accept him. They shunned him. Matter of fact, his own, if you, if you continue to study your word, you find out that his own people crucified him. And when, when I think about that, I'm just like, Jesus was the biggest outcast. He was the biggest outcast. And in the midst of him being an outcast, he welcomed outcasts. So Jesus was okay with being an outcast. He was, he was fine with it. He was content. He made sure to always tell the disciples, hey, I'm not even of this world. I'm, I'm not, this, nah, this ain't me. You know, I'm here with you right now, but my eternal resting place is with the Father in heaven. It's not even here on earth. And a lot of times we get so caught up with the fact that, oh, I need to fit in. I need to be in the in crowd. No, be different. Step out. Do something that's absurd, but that's in align with the word of God. If you have to be something known as a Jesus freak, hey, I'll take it. Every day that I wake up, I thank God for waking me up. And I will ne- I will not n- never ever as I as I even as I think about it and I think about all that he's brought me through and what he's brought me from, I would not take back anything that I gave up to live for Christ because I don't mind being a standalone outcast. And the reason for that is because me being an outcast, I'm walking in my own identity. When you're not being an outcast, you're you're now allowing yourself to be drawn by the influences of the world. You're not operating your own self anymore. You're following every little trend that goes on. You're following and sharing every meme that pops up on social media. You're, you know, trying to get everything that the Joneses have and you're trying to keep up with them. You're trying to keep up with the coworkers on your job. You're trying to you're trying to keep up with everybody but yourself. And so the fact that you're keeping up with so much of everything but yourself, you start to lose your identity. And because you lose your identity, you start to drift further and further away from Christ. And so I encourage you today to remember to be an outcast. And that's why I prefer to be an outcast. Because being an outcast, I'm allowed to accept who I really am in Christ Jesus. In the midst of me being an outcast, I found comfort and peace like no other. Because when I remember when I was in high school, it seemed that I would try to follow every and anybody to the point where I got so lost and confused where I started battling depression and suicide and things of that nature because it seemed like nobody would accept me. But you also have to remember you live in a world where people are never satisfied. You will never be able to please man. So why not take the time to do your father's will and please him? Because he's the one that gives us life. He's the one that knows our beginning and our end. He's our alpha and our omega. So why not drop the cares of the world? Forget about fitting in. Forget about trying to be like everybody around you. Be who, call, be who God intended for you to be. Step out on faith. All you need is a mustard seed of faith, something so small. But instead of, instead of us having that mustard seed of faith, We substitute a mustard seed of faith and incorporate a mustard seed of doubt. And so that doubt drowns out who we really are. It drowns out the identity that God's trying to show to us. So I encourage you, right? Matter of fact, right now, I want to take this time to say a prayer for all those who feel like they're an outcast. Nobody loves them. 
they're alone. No one sees what they're doing. No one, no one, no one cares about what they do. I want to reassure you that our Father in Heaven sees you. He sits high but looks low, and He cares about you, and He loves you that much. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever circumstances you're going through, He's a God that forgives. He forgives us and throws it into the, the depths of the sea. So let's take this time to pray. Most gracious and eternal Father God, we thank you, first of all. We thank you for being God Almighty in our lives. We thank you for being a God that sits high and looks low. A God that sees us in our, in our weak state, dear God. A God that sees us when we're hurt, when we're mistreated, when we're abused, when we're, when we're disowned, when we're left out, when we're betrayed. A God that sees all of the hurt that we deal with and just takes the time to wrap, wrap your big arms around us and love us, God. God, we thank you for being a gracious and forgiving and merciful God. Even when we mess up time and time again, you still lift your hand out to us, telling us to come grab you so that we can have a new chance and a new life. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, dear God. God, if there's anybody right now that's listening to this word or this prayer that's struggling with the, the, the crisis of accepting their identity and who they really are, God, I ask that you bring them comfort right now in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you bring them peace in their mind, a peace to accept that you are Lord and Lord of all, a God that shows us who our true identity lies in. God, I ask that you bring those individuals peace like no other, God. God, you see them for where they are, dear God, and you see them how they are and what they're dealing with. I ask that you heal them right now in the name of Jesus. Doubt, we plead the blood of Jesus against you. Depression, we plead the blood of Jesus against you. Suicide, we plead the blood of Jesus against you. Any mental sickness, anything that tries to distance people and isolate them to themselves where they start to beat themselves up we plead the blood of jesus against it right now god you comfort those people right now in the name of jesus god i ask that you do it right now and i know that you're gonna do it i count victory done and i lift my hands and praise you the more as it's already done and it's in your son jesus name that i pray amen and amen so like i said you all prefer to be an outcast because i sure do you don't have to be in the norm. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Be your own person. Be who God called you to be. Trust me, he's waiting for you. Y'all have a blessed weekend and know that I love you. And more importantly, God loves you. Y'all be blessed.